Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 18 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking about Upworld, a.k.a. A Gnome Named Norm, directed by Stan the Man Winston from 1990. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor, I guess, Bobo's McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Now, you people, you world, you mentioned this before. Now, what are you talking about here? What are you? The gnome. A gnome. And can you grant wishes, gnome? No. Can you? Wise ass, huh? All right, so you're a gnome. What's your name, gnome? Gnome. Gnome. Right, I'm going to stake out with a gnome named Norm. Yep. Stake out. First of all, if you were a gnome, you would know that the G in gnome is silent. It's gnome, okay? No, it's cannot. Boy, uh, my enthusiasm for this movie is maybe at a solid six and a half. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't like it so much. I don't even know why. I think I resent the fact that I was robbed of a better movie because I would have much rather spent time underground with all those fucking gnomes. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Instead of just watching like really sometimes really lame human hijinks and people spitting into their hands. Oh, you don't like you don't like Anthony Michael Hall's uh, comedy? What was he on meth this this whole film? Like. <laughs> Fuck! My God, he's all over the place. I wish I was on meth while I watched this film, honestly. I, I was shocked to hear you say you gave it like an actual number on this, like six and a half. I was like, holy shit, he's thought about this a lot more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, uh, cop, cop on the Beat, well, actually, we should just call him, as it is, the worst cop ever, um, Casey Gallagher. They're all bad cops. Everybody in this movie, the movie focuses on cop-wise, is a thundering imbecile. Yeah. So Casey Gallagher, played by Anthony Michael Hall, is a bumbling cop, and you, you know, you know who he reminds me of. He reminds me of Carrot Top in Chairman of the Board. I haven't, se- I've, I've never seen that. Oh, it's bad. He reminds me of like grown up. What's his nuts from it? When like the, you see him as like a comedian, Richie Tozer. Yes. Beep beep, asshole. Um. So Casey is. You know, he's he's an awful cop, and he gets hired by the chief to run a undercover, or he's been working this undercover case, and he has to go meet, uh, essentially, the, the bad guy of the film. Uh, he goes to meet him, and he's doing, like, an exchange uh, for diamonds for cash, and then, you know, there's cops around the block, and they're going to bust him. His, uh, his deal goes sour. He gets knocked out. And then a mysterious man changes hands, changes uh, money and diamonds with the uh, the guy who's dropping that shit off, and then blows him up. I just want to note that Joe, you're you're selling this as a very pedestrian uh, affair. We're leaving out many details, like how fucking Casey acts and how the. I'm just no no no. I'm just I'm just crunching the plot real quick. Oh okay okay. <laughs> We're gonna cover all this in a second. We don't want to rob Mr. Potato Head of his moment. No no no. Don't want to do that. Got to give Hasbro their fucking royalties, man. So whilst this is all going on, there is a gnome that pops out of the ground, and he has a rock that needs to be recharged by the sun. So that his people can survive, and then after this, he get Casey seemingly gets fired from the squad and has to team up with this gnome to find 
this rock and clear his name. See, and what you just said, I would much rather be down underground with like a, a fucking dark crystal-esque look with all these like animatronic gnomes running around trying to save their civilization. Nope, I gotta deal with who is that really obnoxious uh, effeminate other cop? I got Gallagher's guy. Oh, Kaminsky? Yes. He's a real shithead. Oh, you mean the uh, the, the guy that fucking hovers over the candy machine all day? He's a Zagnut lover. Yeah, I didn't, this movie is... Uh... I don't even know what to call it. You know, when, when I when I watched the freaking trailer before I watched the whole movie, I was like, holy shit, this looks like Labyrinth on fucking roids. <laughs> I also forgot, I forgot that Stan Winston directed this. And when I sat down for the rewatch, like a film by Stan Winston, I was like, that explains so much and at the same time explains nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like Gnome as a, a gnome, Norm as a character is awesome. Gnorm. Gnorm. Gnorm is the only thing of this movie I actually love. Yeah, I he's great. Well, you know, it makes me think that the, you know, this movie was called Upworld in some places and a, a gnome named Norm and others and I think that really was because you don't even know this guy's a fucking Norm until about 40 minutes into the movie. <laughs> well, here's the thing with this. This film was made in 1988. Holy shit. It got limited release in 1990. And then it was pulled again, and then it was released on video in 92. Good God. Yeah, and they I guess, th- you know, they changed the title because Upworld is, is the name that is listed as on IMDb, but it's very much a gnome named Norm. Was this movie, like, ma- because it's Stan Winston, and, like, everything I associate Stan Winston with is usually tor- upwards on the maturity scale, like PG-13, R-rated Monster Fest, like, stuff like that. Was this a darker movie before... Someone might have gotten their hands on it. I think he just wanted to do something kind of whimsical. Like, he had an idea for for Norm and uh, ran with it. I mean, they do show a guy get blown the fuck up, like, to be fair. Which is funny. It cannot be understated. That man is handed a briefcase with a fucking ticking bomb in it. <laughs> and it, it it blows this dude into oblivion. I was waiting for the fucking penguin to walk around the corner. <laughs> So, all right, so let's let's start in from the top. So we're in the, we're in the police station, and uh, Casey's. Well, no, first first you have this scene of Frodo fucking stumbling around the uh, the steps of Sirith Ungle. <laughs> 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 That's what I thought I was watching. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, you see you see Norm underground, and he's you know he steals his people's rock called the Lumen, and he puts it in a bag, and he and he he's taking it to the surface to recharge it. So we there's this whole montage where he's like digging through the earth and getting ready to come up to Upworld. Oh, by the way, I just want to say, this is the first time I've watched this film in HD. I watched it on Prime. Oh my God. I've only seen my VHS. That's it. Were you surprised by the jumping quality or were you disappointed in it? No, I was surprised by it. I, I, okay, I'm going to flat out, like I love this movie. So it was cool to see it. In HD. I didn't even know they did a transfer, but it looks great. It looked great. Does it look better than the Terminator 2 transfer? I don't know. I didn't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. It's fucking bad. I think they had to redo it like two times. Yeah, so it was in HD, but what else? Now I've seen this movie a fucking million times. It was weird because there were some things cut out of the version I saw, and the music was different in the beginning. Oh, how weird. Yeah, it was really strange. So, yeah, so so there's a... uh, Montage of of Norm digging his way out to to Upworld into California. So the gnomes live under California, apparently. By the way, he, this dude doesn't dig. He is basically you know like a sentient auger. Yeah, this he he can drill or, or tunnel like hundreds of feet in a matter of seconds. He's super strong. Quaid could have used his ass on Mars. <laughs> 
he's super strong and he has like these stone gauntlets that he uses to like dig the shit out of a wall. Which I actually thought was really, I thought those were really cool. It made me think of like the Goron gloves that fucking Link gets. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He like smashes them together and then he's got like the fucking fury of blows like beating the shit out of the rock and like pounding through it super fast. (laughs) So then we come to the police station and Casey's nowhere to be found. And everybody's looking for him, and there's a bunch of gags and blah, blah, blah. So we're introduced to his partner, Sam, and this other douchebag detective, Kaminsky, and... Lenny Briscoe himself. (laughs) Jerry Orbach is the fucking chief. He is definitely the best character in this movie for both great reasons and horrible reasons. I feel like he's giving a performance that belongs in, like, a diehard movie. Yeah, but he also plays the same fucking character in everything. He's either a cop... Or he's, I don't know. A cop. Yeah, yeah, a cop, yeah. (laughs) Good for him, man. It's like uh, a fucking what's-his-nuts. A guy who pops up in, like, every crime show on TV. It's the point where, like, they even named... Ice-T? I was going to say (laughs) Ice-T. No, uh, it's somebody... He was on, like, Law & Order. He was on CSI. He was on X-Files, playing the same character in every single show. I have no idea. Down to the name. Like, it wasn't just the same actor. It was the same character. I have no idea. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I'm sure I'll come up with it by the end of the show. So they all get there, and they're waiting for Casey, and he's like, God damn it, where the fuck is... Where's Casey? Uh, We gotta go do this fucking... We gotta go do this job tonight or whatever. And uh, he finally shows up. He fucking takes he takes Kaminsky's candy bar out of his fucking pocket. And I was like, good, fuck that guy. He's just a barrel of laughs from the first time we see him. So he comes in and, and basically Stan is like, you're a real asshole, Casey. And this is a big fucking job, so don't fuck it up. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, I'll do whatever uh, I gotta do to, you know, you could trust me. I wouldn't trust this guy with my fucking laundry. <laughs> and that obviously goes south. Especially with that goddamn tie. <laughs> he got it from Ramon. That tie looks like he just didn't bother skinning the snake and just wrapped it around his neck. Yeah. By the way, Anthony Michael Hall, like I said, he's got to be on some kind of upper because the whole film, he is just 1,000% kooky slapstick uh, jokester to the point where I kind of wanted to slap him sometimes. Oh, he's got it turned on for sure, all the way up to fucking 11. Well, J- Jerry Orbach, he's like the captain of the LAPD. His name's Stan Walton, and he's he's giving this speech to, to Casey, um, and he's basically like, you know, you got to do this, like Joe was saying, like, you're the only one that can because you're, you, you're quick on your feet. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I could do it, no problem. He's like, and then I'm going to go out and get donuts with the squad with this, like, really bad Ricky <laughs> Ricardo impression. <laughs> and then I'll go out with the guys and get donuts on the macaroni. And Stan's just like, this is exactly what I'm talking about, you fucking moron. He's like, oh, ooh, ah. Oops. Cut the shit, Gallagher. Fucking Gallagher. And so then we cut to, like, what is seemingly the bad guy. And his, his the bad guy's name is Zadar. Okay, we have to address this. And his right-hand man is Robert Zadar. Robert Zadar, the actor who I've seen in countless Mr. Science Theater movies, and he's popped up on Best of the Worst, who you can't miss because he has the world's biggest face. Well, he looks like Eric Wareheim doing a fucking bit character. He's got his, his whole head is his jaw. He looks like a well-worn catcher's mitt. <laughs> oh my God. That No no lie, that is a gag from MSC3K. As they first show him, Crow goes, that's a catcher's mitt with eyes. <laughs> The first thing I thought of besides Eric Wareheim was fucking Butterball from Hellraiser with those fucking glasses he's got on. Oh, there you go, yeah. He's in uh, he's in Soul Taker with Joe Estevez. Oh, that sounds like a banger. He's the titular maniac cop, dude. Yeah, he's a maniac cop. He's in uh, Future War with Daniel Bernhardt, who is the famous JCVD knockoff. And I think he's in one other uh, Mr. Science Theater movie. I can't remember what it was, but I know him 
because he's just he's in the bad movie pantheon. I mean, Connor, you're you're listing bad movies, and all you're doing is having me like get more fuel and you know more ammunition for this show. I'm just gonna start writing all these things down. <laughs> <laughs> Future Wars fun. It's funny because Robert Zadar's last film was actually a film of a, a buddy of mine called Easter Sunday. He he died fairly recently, I think, too. Yeah, he died a few years ago. Yeah, not that long ago. And the reason his face is so large because he has a, ch- a cherubism, I think is what it's called. Okay, so he looks like a Campbell's kid. But yeah, basically, like it distorts your, your features, so... Well, now I feel bad for making fun of the guy. I didn't know he actually had a, something wrong with him. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Damn. I thought he just looked like that. Look, let's be honest. I'm pretty sure he got a lot of roles because he has a chin that could crush you. Pretty much all of his roles. And he's also like a bodybuilder, too. So then. Yeah, he's huge. He's a head like a cinder block. Giant bad guy number one. He's also in Tango and Cash. Oh, yeah, that's right. I love that film. Another one to write down. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Kurt Russell and fucking Sylvester Stallone, boy. It's a good one. Teaming up, buddy cop movie. Anyway, back to this movie. The bad guy, Zadar, is uh, sitting there, and he's basically, you know, he's going to do a diamond exchange with Casey because that's his connect. He doesn't know Casey's a cop, and it's like a setup and what have you. Uh, So he has his uh, diamond dealer, I guess, or something. The guy who fucking, when he shaved this morning, he got a few cuts on his face. Yeah, this little, this little guy with the fucking, he wears glasses, and he's a real, he's he's a real fucking little turd. I also like to note that uh, Zadar's hideout is a fucking strip club that he owns, I'm assuming. Basically, he's got, like, this weird, he's got a couple weird hideouts. No, it's like a, it's like a theater or some shit, like an abandoned theater, because we get, he, he gets the number later from Reggie, and he, like, goes there. Reggie is Robert Zadar's character. Anyway, so they give, so he's like, okay, go make the deal with, with Casey with the diamonds, and, you know, I'll give you an extra 10 grand, and he's like, okay, sure, Mr. Zadar, whatever you say. So, you know, the cops go to the to the park. You have Sam and Kaminsky like, hey, 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 hey. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just skipped over Mr. Potato Head's moment. What did I say just a few minutes ago? So, okay, so Robert Zadar calls Casey which is a closed line at the police department. And then what happens? Casey, basically he calls and uh, Stan goes, all right, somebody get the door. Casey gets up, I'll get the door. He's like, no, get the phone. He's like, I'll get the phone. While he's playing with a Mr. Potato doll while this is all going down. (laughs) Real serious fucking police work. Dude, this dude, Gallagher's character is one step away from handing someone a can of peanuts to have snakes pop out of it. Yeah, basically. Well, his partner goes, why don't you use your gun? And he's got it in the drawer with the comic books and a fucking toy pig. He's like, you know I don't like guns. It's not even loaded. I, you know, and here's the thing. I appreciate his sense of morality, but you're also a police officer. Having a gun is kind of a requirement. That's not his style, man. He'll just talk his way out of it. He's smooth-talking Anthony Michael Hall. Well, I guess his true style was to be riddled with bullets one day. Pretty much. Team up with a fucking gnome. That's the epilogue. He was shot in a standoff one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so he, they get the call, and then they uh, basically, yeah, like Joe was saying, they go to the park where the uh, drop-off's going to happen, you know, the exchange. Yeah, so, Kay- so Kaminsky and Sam are, are in the car, and they're listening because uh, Casey's got a wire on him. And Casey's just jerking off. He's, like, singing to them and, like, playing on a swing and a seesaw. And then he gets fucking cracked upside the dome by somebody in the shadows. Well, he's going around on one of those, like, uh, what are they called? It's one of those things that, like, spin around. Merry-go-round. Yeah, he's on one of those, and he's not paying attention at all. It's not like he's being subtle or using any form of stealth. No, or, like, paying attention to his surroundings. He's, he's like, wee! I'm a grown man in this playground at two in the morning. Going backwards, by the way, on this fucking thing. This is also the point where Norm just kind of, like... You know, rapid fire punches his way through the fucking ground. Yeah, he pops up and he he's a spectator to all of this that's about to happen. So the the mystery man in the trench coat takes the diamonds from Casey, or takes the money from Casey rather, and he 
sees the diamond guy sitting on the bench and he's sitting there smoking a cigarette and waiting for the guy to pick it up. So he comes and he swipes the diamonds out of this dude's hands and just shoves a briefcase in his hands. And the guy's like, hey, where you going? I didn't even count the money yet. So the the trench coat uh, mystery man runs away. And this motherfucker opens this briefcase and gets blown to shit. It's a pretty fucking big explosion, too. They set up a pile of C4 in this poor man's face. <laughs> like, why don't you just, just shoot him? Question. Did he have a piece of dialogue before it exploded in your versions? Uh, I think so. He says something like, oh, what the hell is this or something along those lines. And then he gets blown up. But I, I don't remember exactly what it was. All right. On the, the VHS, he goes, oh, no. And then explodes. And the version. Okay. I- no, no, no. <laughs> That did not happen in my version. Okay. <laughs> because the version I watched today didn't have that, like, had that scene cut. He just opens the motherfucker and explodes. Hey, that might as well be like, basically. While this is happening, uh, Norm is sitting in this little hole observing this all, and he hears kind of a, a high-frequency hiss coming from one of these two, which is relevant later. Yeah. And he also sees the explosion. Yeah. So now he's a witness to the crime. So is that when he hears the sound? Is that how his bag goes flying? Does he get scared or something? I kind of misunderstood that. I felt like he was hiding. He might have been like going up into the tree. Okay, so this lumen thing that he has, it gets recharged by the sun. So I guess he was going up there to like hang out for the night until the sun came up. Oh, okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the explosion scared him back to the hole, I guess. It's not very clear. So the cops show up and they're like, what the fuck happened? And he's like, I don't know. Somebody knocked me out and then somebody exploded. And they're like, yeah, well, you fucked it all up. And Stan comes up and he's like, forget it. You ruined everything. You're fired. And he's like, come on, Stan, I, I, I can crack this case, come on. And he's like, go home, Casey. And then Kaminsky's like, yeah, go home, Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, guy, a guy gets blown up by a fucking bomb, and Kaminsky's just, like, throwing pot shots at Casey. It's like, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Kaminsky's like, we're gonna go, Gallagher, and you're such a bad cop. Don't send a rookie to do a man's job. Where's my Zagnut bar? Yeah, I guess I get $50. This guy's got so much testosterone, it's coming out of his fucking eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I just like doing that voice. God, he's funny. So Casey's like going to walk home and, you know, I I think Stan offers him a ride and he's like, nah, don't worry about it. I'll walk home. I'll I'll cool off that way. And he's walking in this pitch black fucking abandoned zoo with a flashlight and he somehow stumbles across Norm. Yeah, well, he's going he's going back over the crime scene and he's like, what, you know, where it went wrong and what happened? And he was looking for clues and stuff. He sees up in a tree this bag dangling from a branch. And he guesses it's the diamonds, like somebody, you know, they were stashed up there or something. So he climbs the tree and he grabs the uh, bag and it turns out to be the lumen. And he jumps down and then Norm is like off screen throwing sticks at him. Okay, so Norm is super fast, all right? And this gnome has semi-magical powers? Sure. Okay, so he's super fast, and he's, like, super silent. So he's walking behind Casey the whole time, and every time Casey thinks, you know, he feels like he's being followed, he, like, turns around, and then Norm, like, steps to the left or the right, just out of view so he can't see him. He's clearly a rock gnome rogue. Got me thinking about Dungeons and fucking Dragons with the way this thing's working. Oh, stop. I just got over the PTSD. So uh, Norm hitches a ride in, the, in Casey's car and Casey drives home. Casey gets out of his car and hears like a rustling in his car, like in his garage. And he's like, 
All right, whoever's there, just know that I got a gun and I'm a really good shot, okay? And it's like, motherfucker, you haven't shot that gun ever in your life. Also, he just refused to turn a light on. He just stands there in the dark of his fucking garage. I don't know how he became a cop in the first place. Exactly. I was just about to say, how did this guy even become a cop? He didn't even know how to use his gun. So it's like it's like super spooky in the garage. And uh, he goes over to open the car door and Norm fucking kicks it open and sends his ass flying into like fucking crab traps or some shit. You know, Casey gets up and Norm, Norm like pulls him over because he's got the pouch around his neck with the lumen in it. Yeah. And Norm like grabs the fucking pouch and like starts choking him with it. And Casey bashes him in the fucking head with a, his pistol and knocks him out and then like puts him in a cage. Yeah, he beats this thing to half to death with his fucking pistol. For a fucking gnome that you cannot penetrate his skin with bullets or needles. He has a glass jaw. He's just easily susceptible to KOs. Yeah, he's susceptible to fucking brain injuries. <laughs> He has the same fucking make as the uh, monsters from Monster in the Closet and fucking Runestone. It's like only get damaged in the convenient times. Exactly. Only when the plot calls for it. So Casey puts him in a fucking cage and puts him inside. Think about that. (laughs) Still no idea what this thing looks like. Yeah, everything's in shadows, so you don't even see this thing for, for a little bit. So he puts this thing in a fucking cage and puts it on his pool table, and he calls Sam. It's like five in the, it's like four o'clock in the morning, and she's like, what do you want, asshole? He's like, come over. I gotta show you this this little hairy thing. And she's like, no, I'm good. Good night, and just hangs up on him. <laughs> well, he turns the fucking light on to see what's inside this cage, and it's uh, one of the creatures for the beyond, and he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, from the brood? Oh, from the brood, my bad. It's a fucking gelfling, okay? Yeah, basically, it's a Brian Froudian creature come to life in it in this cage. I mean, I joke about the brood, but it does look way more like something from out of Labyrinth, for sure. Yeah, I do like the effects on his, uh, his head. It's very expressive. Well, it's Stan Winston. Yeah. You know? So the effects are top-notch on this thing. I'm convinced that Norm's universe is part of Dark Crystal canon. It's gotta be. <laughs> I wouldn't be that surprised, honestly. It's legit. The fucking, the, the fucking Henson-verse. Which is basically what this is. It's like Stan Winston's version of a Jim Henson love letter, is basically what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> so... Sam's like, yeah, go fuck yourself, Casey. And then Norm does this trick. Again, like, he's semi-magical. Like, he does this trick where he, like, stretches and, like, yawns and, like, makes all these, like, I'm really sleepy motions. And Casey fucking passes out. Yeah, he just goes, good night, Ollie. Yeah. And then Norm lets himself out of the cage and goes to grab uh, the lumen from around his neck. The phone rings again. Sam, Sam calls him back. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I gotta call you back. The fucking gnome escaped or whatever. And she's like, oh, I was gonna come over. Oh, okay, sure. And then Norm tries to garrote him with the uh, the pouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like he like pulls the carpet from under his feet. He fucking tries to asphyxiate this poor man. Basically, so he's choking him and he's pulling him. And he like whack, he like eventually gets it off his neck and like goes to run for the door, but he doesn't know how glass doors work and runs right into the fucking door. This is a great reoccurring joke. If this only happened once at a time, I would hate it. But it, it's not just that it happens once and it's over. It's that it, it happens. He gets up. He hits it again. He gets up. He hits it again. Like he just does not understand glass. I mean, I get what they're going for. I just, I don't know, I got kind of over it by the end of the movie, but I, I I get what they were trying to do. You thought he would have learned his lesson from this, you know? Right. So Casey's basically just like, hey, asshole, stop fucking bashing your face against my glass door, even though you would have went through it the second time, or maybe even the first time. Probably. If you hit glass hard enough to knock yourself out, that door is going with you. And he is fast, and he's strong, too. So basically, the, the gnome has, like, a, a decoy in his pouch, and Casey's got the lumen, and he's like, and he goes to eat it because... He's trying to get Norm to talk, and then finally Norm says his first words of the movie. He's like, nah, 
down. <laughs> no eat lumen. Well, also to note the lumen uh, basically just looks like a big ass diamond, like, you know, the size of a chaos emerald. That's basically what it looks like. It's kind of like a clear meteorite that sparkles inside. And Anthony Michael Hall is going to fucking swallow it. Yeah, okay. Basically. So he handcuffs this fucking thing to a punching bag and then calls Sam back. And he's basically like, yeah, I got a witness from last night who's at the park. She's like, great, bring him in. He's like, no, you don't understand. He's a, he's a fucking elf. And she's like, what? Forget being fired from the police force. I can't understand how this guy has any friends left. This seems to be like a consistent theme with the movies we watch. This has got to be the second or third movie where someone's like, hey, I got this thing that's going to crack open the whole fucking case, but you're never going to believe me what it is. Yeah. But he's such a fucking child. Like, I don't, like, I'm surprised they put up with his shit for this long, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I wouldn't believe this guy at all anyway. I'm just pointing that out. No. I, I would have shot him at this point. I mean, I would have shot Kaminsky right afterwards, but. Yeah. <laughs> he just murdered them both. And he would be like, oh, why'd you shoot me? Yeah, you never can eat a Zagnut again. <laughs> Somebody get me a Zagnut. Then they, uh, they're they going to meet Sam. I want to say, was it at the park they were going to meet her? And he's got the old Roger Rabbit routine going with the handcuffed uh, Norm. Yeah, he puts him in like a sack. And he's like, yeah, we're, I'm going to take him to the park tomorrow so he can figure out, you know, what happened. So he has Sam come down there. She's like, hey, Casey, is that a gnome in your pocket? He's just happy to see me. <laughs> no, it's a gnome in a sack. Look, he's right there in the bushes. Yeah, so Norm does his little disappearing act again and, like, you know, runs around her and shit, and she and he, she's convinced Casey's out of his fucking mind. So then uh, they go, you know, Casey and Norm go back to his apartment, and he, it's fucking trashed. And Zadar is there, and he, like, grabs Casey by the fucking head. Let me ask you a question. How come this motherfucker didn't plant this switchblade into this guy's skull? Uh, I don't know. Are you, are you talking about Zadar the bad guy or Robert Zadar? No, when I say Zadar, I'm talking about the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. When I say when I say Reggie, we're talking about Robert Zadar. Or Reggie Robert Zadar. Or I'll say his full name. That is very confusing. You need a goddamn handout to understand this movie. <laughs> Here's a pamphlet on a gnome named Norm, aka Upworld. But I, I'm with you, Joe. This guy is like the worst fucking assassin ever. Like, he just like, why didn't you stay? I mean, I get it. It's a movie. Whatever. But like, come on, man. He's like, I know you're a little creepy cop. And somebody got blown up, and where's my diamonds or whatever? God, uh, like, all these all these villains look like they walked out of a Dick Tracy movie. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, it's like, you know, what gave it away? Him walking away with the cops not arresting him? Or, you know, what what was it? Exactly. Yeah, I can tell you're a creepy little cop. Yeah. That's what he sounds like. Yeah, he, oh, my God. He, yeah, he does kind of sound like Peter Lorre. <laughs> Oh, where's my diamonds, Art? Oh, you know, I see you have a gnome friend. Yes. Yes, where's the gnome? So, uh, so Casey's wearing Lumen, and Zadar thinks it's the diamonds, takes the fucking pouch, and Norm grabs this dude by the dick and bites him in his ass? That's his one move. He grabs people by the dick. He's, like, taking tips from Paul Walker. It's a fucking gnome. It's the gnome smash, dude. If I'm that size and I'm also super strong, of course I'm gonna get you right in the dick and balls. You're just gonna go right down. Yeah, yeah, because he's so little. But you would think he's so strong and we just literally splinter the rectum. Splinter the rectum. <laughs> I meant split the balls in half. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> like, what's better or worse? Him doing that or walking up and punching you in the kneecap and watching your leg explode? Like, you ever you ever step on a banana? That's what happens. <laughs> oh. oh. If you ever played Mortal Kombat 10 or 11, you know, I just picture the, you know... The X-ray. Uh, X-ray sequence? Yeah, from from uh, Johnny Cage just to totally destroy the testicles. <laughs> 
That's what I would have expected to happen. I think it was the NFL Blitz reboot for 360 that had X-ray tackles, Mm -hmm. and you could rupture someone's scrotum, and it showed you what happens in graphic, graphic detail. Oh, God. You know, it's all about the little things, figuratively and literally. I was like, why is this here? You see, what we got here is a case of broken ball syndrome. Broken ball, shattered balls. Shattered balls. It is in his socket. It's exploded. I mean, to be fair, maybe Zadar's got an ice pack down there the rest of the movie. We don't ever find out. No. Or maybe they're just gone. He feels no more pain because they've been completely annihilated. Maybe he's on a bunch of coke. We'll never know. So somehow he escapes the fucking gnome death grip on his dick and slips out the door. And Anthony Michael Hall's like, he got away because I'm chained to an elf. And it's like, no, he got away because you're a fucking chump, dude. You're a bad cop. Yeah, you're awful. Your gun should have been drawn immediately as soon as you saw your house wrecked. Yeah, exactly. And he should have been, like, on guard. Like, he just walked so nonchalantly into the house. He's like, oh, this is weird. What's going on here? He's taking self-defense lessons from fucking Tammy's father. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this looks like a bad scene. Let me get my teacup. I'm gonna walk right into it. I'm gonna give you a stern talking to. Oh, I've been overwhelmed. Listen, does this look like a cop tie? Okay? It's not a cop tie. No, it doesn't. Stop bringing it up. Yeah, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Doesn't get him out of a single fucking situation. No. And he's, like, so proud of it. He uncuffs himself, and Norm's like, you gotta help me go get my lumen back. And he's like, fuck you. You gotta tell me who blew up that guy at the park. He's like, it was a blind, screaming giant. So they hop in the car, and then they go after Zadar, I guess? Is that where they're going? As far as Norm knows, he doesn't really understand the way the world works, which is, you know, as the movie goes on, he gets a little better with it. But he thinks, you know... People without eyes uh, or that are blind or people with sunglasses on. So they drive around a bit and he's like pointing, oh, that's the guy, that's the guy. And it's just some dude pumping his gas with sunglasses on. He's like, oh, wait, no, that's the guy, that's the guy. So then uh, Casey starts to put it together like, oh, so it's giant mean like me? He's like, well, what are you? He's like, I'm normal. I'm good size. And and there's like this whole bit about that. And then Casey's basically figuring out, okay, when you say this, you mean this. And he's like, yeah. And and he kind of narrows down where uh, Zadar could possibly be. Now we get to Robert Zadar. He's doing a weird macho man impression. Basically, yeah. Oh yeah, Zadar. I don't like uh, I don't like cups. Casey's with Norm and he's like, "We're gonna do a stakeout on this restaurant." He comes here once a week. Oh, he's working out on the beach. Norm just like, uh, or Casey rather, has like this plate of like French fries. Well, he's got French fries and a hot dog, and Norm goes and like fucks with his setting and spills Coca Cola all over his pants. Yeah, well, Norm is dressed in like a fucking Aloha shorts and like a bicycle cap. He's like, he, like he puts him in a disguise. I'm gonna say this right now. Miss fucking opportunity in this movie. He should have been on a surfboard by the end of this film. <laughs> exactly. I just question the sanity of everyone around him who are looking at this car and going, yeah, he's got a cap and some human clothes on, but that thing has massive ears and is covered in brown hair and has a mouth that's extended from its head. And is two and a half feet tall. It's a fucking cretin. What is he doing with it? <laughs> it's an elf. Reggie's working out across the way, and they're, like, looking through this, like, lattice, and he's like, look, Norm, we're on a stakeout. This is where we watch people or whatever. That's the guy. That's the Zadar's guy. <laughs> that's Zadar's guy, Zadar. And Norm is, like, looking at a pair of tits, and he's, like, completely dumbfounded because they're, I guess they're, like, jumbo size. They're giant bobos. This is when I was starting to consider consider taking a drill to my head. <laughs> Just borrow Norm's fucking, you know, knuckle dusters and you could do it yourself. Probably, yeah. This gnome's walking around sporting a boner this whole fucking movie. He's like, ah, tits, ass, oh, bopos, roundies. I-, I love it. Well, if if you go by a later scene, apparently this guy is hung like a fucking horse. Yeah, you can see it in the HD version. Oh, what? Through his legs, there's like something there. Like, it's not a full-on cock, but it's like a... Why, why, why is that a thing? And why not? <laughs> 
You want to fuck a puppet? Fuck a puppet. <laughs> the only movie to ever feature gnome dick. And butt. I don't know. Meet the Feebles goes there too, man. Yeah, it does. So, so yeah, like Sean said, you know, they're sitting in the car. Casey grabs some food and uh, he's eating a fucking hot dog. And apparently Norm doesn't eat meat, which is fine. But the motherfucker eats paper and cardboard. So he eats the wrapper of his hot dog, and then, like Sean said, he pulls the he pulls the 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 tray like out from Casey's lap and spills fucking coke all over him, and then he eats the fucking cardboard. And like doesn't doesn't say anything else. Just like oh that happens, and Casey's just like pissed off. Never addressed again. Casey's like ah fuck. He's like oh you eat cardboard, you dress in bark and stuff. That's that's real strange. Well anyway. <laughs> Well, that's when Norm gets bored and just does his sleeping spell to him again and just starts going for a fucking stroll. Yeah, but first he tells him about his, his gnome people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he makes he makes him spit on his word. Oh, yeah, he tells me about the movie I wish I was watching. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like a like a Henson movie plot. It sounds like it's what's happening next door to the Fraggles. I want to see it. Exactly. Uh, Norm basically explains that, like, you know, the Lumen is the key to his civilization and it acts basically as their son. Yeah. Yeah, so that they can grow food. They need sunlight to survive. What's kind of interesting if, like, they thought out this little detail by living underground. Yeah, I like that whole mythology there. Um, and then he's basically just like, yeah, you know, every 10 human years, uh, a warrior comes up and brings the Lumen up to recharge it. Now is the time, and that's why he's there. He also drops the tidbit that if he doesn't do it within a certain amount of time, his entire race will die. And also, he wants to get his dick wet. Oh, basically. that's Wait, that's the whole premise of this movie. Norm is the horniest little piece of shit you'll ever meet. Okay, so he's a tunneler, right? He's not a warrior. And he's trying to prove himself to Rena, this gnome chick. Apparently with huge bobos. So basically he wants to fuck this gnome chick. So steals the one thing that keeps his civilization as a whole alive. He gets back, she's like, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. My plans are foiled. Yeah, basically. I fucked all the other warrior gnomes. <laughs> While they're waiting in their stakeout for the guy to finish his chicken fried steak, Sam's back at the precinct going to stand. Oh, you know, Casey, he might be on to something. Like, maybe we should uh, get in contact with him. We could really lock down the case. And Stan's just like, no, nah, fuck you. We're not doing that. Your, your partner's Kaminsky now. Get over it. <laughs> Kaminsky's like, hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Can I touch your bobos? Yeah, as he crunches down on another candy bar. <laughs> that This man should be like 500 pounds. No, he has diabetes, okay? That's just, that's the, that's the nature of this world. Oh, for sure. His entire diet throughout the whole, he's got a fucking Zagnut stuck in his mouth the whole fucking movie. Like, did they, spo- I'm, I'm sure they sponsored it, right? You would think. He's worse than fucking Paul and his crunch bars. What's with these fucking movies with this weird fixation on candy bars? I have no idea. I guess product placement. You have that fucking scene where Norm, like I said earlier, you know, he puts uh, Anthony Michael Hall to sleep. And then he, he walks around with these fucking uh, surfer clothes on and he's the fucking lowriders playing in the background. <laughs> was this the musical thing you were talking about? You mentioned that there was something else, but there was a different scene or it was put together differently in different versions. No, no, no. The, the original score for the beginning was different. Oh, okay. I thought this might have been the case where it was a licensing issue and it was replaced in other editions. No, it's there. It's full in there. Um, and apparently Lionsgate owns this movie because that was the bumper right before the film. So yeah, he pulls like a fucking pair of sunglasses off the thing and everybody's looking at him like, what the fuck is that thing? They react for a moment and go, well, anyway. Ah, it's South Beach, fuck it. <laughs> It's a weird, tiny homeless man, anyway. So he walks out to the beach, and he's, like, completely dumbfounded. This particular part right here I thought was really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. 
Because you stand, he's like, he's like, whoa, he sees the ocean for the first time. I'm like, that's sweet. I like that. Yeah, but that must be like blowing his mind, you know? Yeah. So Reggie leaves and they follow him to a fucking shithole Chinese market? I think so. And then uh, Casey makes a really racist Asian joke. Oh my God. He runs up to this dude behind the counter and just starts calling him Chung. He's like, Chung, I saw you in Vegas. Where was Cheng? I thought you were Ching. He said you were Cheng. It's like, movie, what? What are we doing? We're like, why is this in the movie? He could have yelled anything else and then just turned to Robert Zadar and was like, hey, Reggie, I'm a cop, which he does. He had to go the racist route, though. Like, come on, Stan Winston, no better than that. I mean, I get it was 1990, but fuck. Yeah, I think at that time we were still kind of like, eh. This movie was made in 88, you gotta remember. Yeah, exactly. So Reggie basically tells... I don't even know what this guy's name is. Nondescript uh, worker. Yeah. Guy behind the counter. A, a man trying to earn a decent living. Who basically deals meat to, like, contract killers. Who is then subject to verbal abuse by this long-haired whacknut who comes into his store yelling things at him. <laughs> he must know who Reggie is because Reggie's like, beat it. And he leaves. And he fucking Reggie proceeds to, like, choke fucking Anthony Michael Hall, like, big choke him, like, against the fucking wall. He chokes him so hard, Hall proceeds to give us a Yoshi voice. Yeah, it sounds like this, almost. Yeah, yeah, oh my god, stop choking me. Norm shows up on the side, dressed like a fucking, like, little baby with a bonnet and everything on. <laughs> He's like, oh, is this your kid? And Casey's like, oh, yeah, it's my daughter. He's like, huh, I love kids. As he's, like, still choking him out. And he's like, how dare you bring your kid to an establishment like this? <laughs> I'm nobody's dad. And he's like, oh, look at this cute kid. And he's, like, scratching Norm under his fucking chin while he's eating a bunch of radishes. Well, he's, like, cradling him in his arms. Here's the thing. If I had a kid and someone walked up to me and was like, oh, your kid is so cute, and started rubbing him under the chin like he's a fucking dog, I'd punch that guy in the face. This thing looks like a dog. <laughs> it doesn't look like a baby. Is this your baby? Uh, rub his belly. I don't know, rubbing the belly, Norm might be into that. Anthony Michael Hall's even like, you don't see very well, do you? He's like, you should be ashamed of yourself bringing a kid in here. Yeah, I don't like bad parents and I don't like cups either. Well, Reggie lets his fucking guard down and Norm takes a meat hook and shoves it up his ass. Yeah, that's... that's that guy's fucking life is ruined. Yep. So then they split out of there. Not before Norm is now being held by Casey in the same way Reggie held him. And he's just like caressing Casey's ear while he's making a phone call. Zadar. Z uh, Robert Zadar. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie made a phone call to the bad guy, Zadar. And was basically like, I got Casey. What do you want me to do with him? Shoot him? Okay. And then fucking Norm hooks Reggie. And then before that. Norm is, like, on Robert Zadar's shoulder, and he, like, memorizes the phone number. Oh, okay, that's what he was doing. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, and then and then later, Casey, like, calls a number to get an address. Like, if you give a phone number, they'll give you the address. And then uh, Norm, like, punches it in. No, no close-up with a glove on or anything on this one. No, there are people hands in it, though, but they do a really good job of the animatronic head with the uh, human hands. It's very articulate and well-rehearsed and, and done really good. So they go to Z Zadar's hideout, the bad guy. Casey's basically just like, yeah, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get your lumen back or whatever and, and bust this guy. Norm decides to put on another disguise. He puts on like a raincoat. Yeah, he does his best Salish impression. Yeah. And then they go in there and uh, he basically is like, you know, 
where's the rock or whatever. Zadar's like, oh shit, the Gordon's fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zadar pulls out a gun and starts shooting at him and he like dodge behind a fucking thing and they don't get shot. He fires this gun at least three times in this back of this strip club and nobody fucking bats an eye. I think it's like an abandoned place. That's why. I don't know, man. Every time that they show this guy's hideout, there's strippers out front. Like I, I'm pretty sure it's like his his uh, front. I don't know about you, but if I hear gunshots in a strip club, I'm probably not going to react. I'd probably duck or run out. One or the other. It's a strip club. I'm not like, oh yeah, that's a thing. There's just a guy in the background like, I'm, I paid for this lap dance. I, I'm, I'm having the whole thing. I don't care what's happening out there. <laughs> I'm not done yet. I think it's because I live in Las Vegas and just it's the nature of the city. I mean, speaking of lap dances, Norm gets one right after this. <laughs> He might as well have, at least, put it that way. That's a thing you just said. That's disgusting. So they run out of there. They, they're giving chase to Zadar. Zadar, like, stabs uh, Casey's tires and slashes him. And then they reenact the first episode of Yu Yu Hakusho, where <laughs> he goes to run over Norm, and Casey jumps and grabs him. I mean, the only difference is he doesn't get hit by the car, unfortunately. So then Casey is like, oh, I need a car to go chase Zadar. And the first fucking car he stops is a goddamn hearse. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just like, no, my car, like, fuck you, get out of it. He was like, you gotta be fucking shitting me. And he's like, he's like, LAPD, get out of the car. And he throws this poor motherfucker out of the car and jumps in, and Norm jumps in uh, shotgun. This was the part of the movie where we're like, did we make this movie slapstick enough? Nope, we need this scene. Nope, here we go. He looks at this fucking hearse and... And you see the funeral party behind them. What did you think was going to happen? He, like, gets in the car, and he looks back, and he sees the coffin. He's like, oh, shit. And he looks in the rear view, and everybody's following him. They proceed to play this dime store Benny Hill music over it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, what the hell? And then he fucking proceeds to chase Zadar in a fucking hearse with a body in it, with a funeral procession following them. They keep cutting to, like, the people in the procession, like, oh, why? Well, this is a weird route. Why, why, are, why are we going so fast? And he's like, we must be running late. <laughs> So he chases the door and then he finally goes down this one alley and Casey hits a fucking divider wall and like crashes the car and the fucking, <laughs> the casket goes flying out of the back doors and like the, the dead guy gets flung on the ground and Casey runs down the uh, alley to, to, to find Zadar. Uh, Zadar's gone. His car is there. He's gone. He comes back and this motherfucker is giving CPR to this dead body. And he's like, come on, somebody, somebody help me here. Somebody help me. And he's getting the corpse makeup all over his face. Yeah. All over his mouth. That was fucking unbelievable. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Casey comes over and fucking smacks him in the face and like points to the coffin and he looks over and he's just like, oh, oh. Well, you know, the thing that cracks me up with this next scene is, uh, you know, Sam and Kaminsky show up. Um, and they look at, at uh, Casey's car and they see the bullet holes because uh, Zadar had fired a fucking Uzi at it. And they're just like, hey, <laughs> yeah. you're really screwed up. Yeah, Gallagher, you're such a bad cop. <laughs> I said, hold it, Gallagher. Zagnut. <laughs> They're going to take him in, and they don't take him in this time, right? No, no. They, you know, Stan comes, and, you know, this time he means business, and he's like, yeah, you're fired for real. Like, turn in your badge. Like, you're done. And he's like, oh, you got to be kidding me, Chief. He's like, I'm so close to cracking the case. And he's like, no, you're done. You're out of control. Meanwhile, Norm's being attacked by a fucking Rottweiler, and no one's there to help him. Yeah, well, he sees the Dar run into um, 
this hotel so he knows where he is, but he can't run in and follow after him. And then, like, this is where, like, the world starts bearing down on Norm. Like, there's construction going on and all these fucking crazy loud noises, all these giant robotic machines and this fucking Rottweiler barking at him. And it's like, again, it's like scenes like this. Like, I wish there was just more of this in this movie. Yeah, I don't mind that kind of stuff. It definitely gets you to understand where some of these characters are going. You get these little pieces of how Norm reacts to things. It definitely builds on his character a little bit. A car to this little creature is like a fucking metallic giant monster. Yeah, basically. He acts like how Rumpelstiltskin should have acted. Exactly. Cowering in a fucking corner. Now Rumpelstiltskin's like, ah, motorcycle, I can ride this. I mean, to be fair, they both wore sunglasses, so maybe I'm just giving them too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) Who wore it better? Uh, I mean, I think the obvious answer is Rump. (laughs) It's his kind of world, you know? Baby Johnny! This movie was just missing Norm going, fucketh me. Oh, God. Or like the equivalent of gnome talk. I mean, he absolutely thought it. Oh, by the way, Norm's got all these gnome-isms. Like, he speaks English, but he says nonsense words. Yeah, shubba, which is like jerk or asshole or the hell. It's it's a derogatory word. Pretty much whatever you want it to mean. It's that universal, it's like fuck. Like, he associates insults with, like, creepy crawlies, like slug lips and shit like that. One of my favorite things he does, one of my favorite mannerisms he has, when he would just go, yeah! Yeah, <laughs> he does it in the car when uh, Anthony Michael Hall asks him about if he thinks he's a good size. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Apparently his penis. Oh, it's it's swinging. It's large and in charge. Yeah, Casey catches up with Norm and basically takes out his frustration on being fired on Norm. And Norm's just like, oh, man, no, what the fuck? Yeah, and Norm's like super sad because he's like, I'm not a warrior. I just did this shit for this girl and blah, 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 like whatever. And then he's like, I know I know where the lumen is. We got to go get it. And he's like, all right, fine. Even though he told Stan he's not going to go this case anymore. He's just he just wants to get the rock back for Norm. Well, here's my question. Did Norm see where this guy went or did he just assume that it was on the top floor? That's the part that I was a little uh, confused about. I don't think he knew that he went to the fucking penthouse. So was Casey just literally going up each floor until he finally found this fucking thing? I don't know. I guess Casey was just like, hmm, if I was a bad guy, where would I be in this hotel? Oh, the penthouse. Yeah, the smartest thing he did the whole movie. I blame the bad guy for being very predictable. So they go up there and uh, they go in the elevator and Norm's like, wow, magic box. Magic legs. So they go into uh, the room with Sadar. Wilson Fisk's, uh, you know, summer home. Yeah, it reminded me of the fucking apartments in Equilibrium. It's, like, very sterile. Yeah, it was just weird. And uh, he's like... What do you want from me? You know, if I had the diamonds, why the hell would I be searching your place for? He's like, oh, well, that's simple, just because. And he's like, yeah, that's right. You got nothing, you fuck. Then Norm basically does his best, uh, you know, he keeps impersonating people. He does the Gordon's Fisherman. Now he does his best Gollum impression. He, he fucking dives with this bag, and he's, like, straddling this guy's arm. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Norm, like, lies to Casey about this guy being the guy who made the explosion in the park. Norm's like, I lied. And then he jumps on fucking... In, uh, Zadar and like tries to grab the lumen from him. Is this when Zadar like ragdolls him over a fucking balcony? Oh yeah. That visual is hilarious because he does it and like Norm's arms and legs just, just go limp and just start flailing everywhere. <laughs> You're like, that's a doll. <laughs> so Casey's there and he he's like, drop your gun or I'm going to throw this fucking thing over the edge. And so he drops his gun and he goes to throw him anyway. But Norm's like hanging on for dear life. And then this motherfucker gets shot through the chest. By a revolver 20 fucking floors down. It's got to be super far. The accuracy on this thing is impeccable. (laughs) 
I couldn't believe that shit. I think I think the word you're looking for is impossible. Oh yes, it's like a one in a million shot. Anything's possible, Mario. You just gotta believe. Oh god, getting that notebook out again. Oh yeah. So Zadar fucking does a backflip off this fucking thing, and Norm's still attached to him, but he grabs the ledge. And guess who's firing this fucking gun? Kaminsky. No. <laughs> Stan. Yes, the villain of this movie has secretly been Jerry Orbach the whole time. The chief. Even though we've seen his face like three fucking times doing the shady shit that you're supposed to be unprivy to. The reveal happens, I went, oh. <laughs> I kind of was already in my head thinking like, man, this guy's trying to end this investigation one too many times. Like, he's corrupt, isn't he? And then when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, of course. Casey's the best cop to blame all of this shit on. Yeah, and it kind of like starts to make sense. Like, I will give the movie a little credit here where it's like, you know, you think about all the shit that's happened up to this point. Like, clearly he's put this, as he called him, jerk off cop who can't even make detective on the case because he just wants it to fail from the get-go. No, exactly. Yeah, it was part of his master plan. And he almost got away with it. It wasn't for those meddling kids. And that gnome, too. They arrest Gallagher, and I'm so glad you brought up Equilibrium, Sean, because what has to be the origin of the gun switch from Equilibrium happens here. (laughs) Except it's far fucking less subtle. It's another wrinkle in the movie dumpster timeline. (laughs) John Hurt's going, (laughs) Well, what really happened was I came back and I put the gun in his hands and he shot that guy on the rooftop. John Hurt's like on the other side of the world just like shuddering like, how come every week, you know, I just get this weird feeling. It's like my name keeps being brought up by someone who has a deep hate for me. (laughs) I need the lumen to power my car. God, I I feel like if we can make a Frankenstein Unbound reference in every episode, we will have done the world a great service. Probably. It's possible. Kaminsky walks up and in my favorite line of the movie, he goes, here's Gallagher's gun. (laughs) (laughs) Hands it to him in a little little fucking envelope and Stan puts it in like his left breast pocket and then Sam walks up and Stan's like, all right, you don't believe him? Here, take his gun, run it through ballistics and pulls a gun from the opposite pocket. Yeah, the the gun that he shot Zadar with. He's like, yeah, took it down to ballistics and have it checked out. And it's like, dude, they're gonna know that that entry wound is from his back while he was over the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> There's no powder or anything around. Like It's like a first draft plan. He's like, well, I got no time. Well, he's like, I'm going to be in fucking Mexico. Fuck yous all. So then they throw Casey in the fucking paddy wagon, then they take him and Norm to um to jail. The paddy wagon. How many times do we have to be reminded that he's in the paddy wagon? I can't believe I'm in the paddy wagon. I'm a cop. I'm a cop. What am I doing in the paddy wagon? Get in the paddy wagon. We gotta take you to jail. Give me a reason to break your arm, Gallagher. This is also the part where uh, Norm reveals to... Uh, Casey that that he wasn't a warrior and he did this all for Rena and Casey's just like oh great oh great this guy's this guy's full of shit like ah and I'm in a paddy wagon and then Casey realizes he's lost complete control of his life oh now the thing that gets me is like we were saying earlier in the movie how nobody really reacts to Norm like Stan just like throws him in the fucking paddy wagon and everyone's just like, okay. Stan calls him a fucking freak. Yeah, we skipped the part where uh, Norm does a second glass door gag and just fucking knocks himself all the way out. And Stan, who doesn't react to seeing a small mystical creature in, a, in the middle of a hotel lobby in present day California. Not at all. But he's like, well, I better handcuff him. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't just blow him away right there. And then if anyone asked any questions, like, well, it was a strange creature. I was freaked out. It was an accident. Yeah, right. Then we'd give away the big reveal for the end. Oh, yeah. Don't want to ruin that. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. They take these guys to the precinct. They throw Casey in jail. And then they start, like, booking Norm. So they're, like, trying to get his fingerprints and take his picture and shit. He's so fucking fast, he can't get his picture taken. And then, like, they're going to give him fingerprints. And he, like, the, the guy, like, grabbing his finger, trying to put his fingerprints in it, like, slips and, like, puts his fucking hands in it. Fucks it all up. This very next sequence drove me insane because I am a medical professional. And watching the... I don't care if Norm's skin is that tough. His technique with a syringe and a needle is an abomination, and I wanted to hit him. He had to do that so the needle bent. You're trying to get blood, not shiv him. What are you doing? Just stick it directly into him. He's holding it like it's a prison knife. I'm waiting for, like, the three-hour edit of this movie where it's just that guy for an hour and a half trying to find the fucking vein. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no more needles left. Yeah, so apparently uh, needles cannot pierce uh, Norm's skin, so they can't take blood from him. And then, like, they're trying to do, like, regular shit, like, check his ears and stuff, and then Kaminsky's like, that's enough for that. Strip him. Kaminsky's licking his fucking lips. Yeah, I... Kaminsky is a fucking freak weirdo. What is this guy's deal? I told you, he's got the testosterone coming out of his eyeballs. (laughs) Does he want to see how he measures up to this fucking gnome? He's like, strip him. I want to see his dick. I don't know. Yeah, I want to compare my Zagnut to yours. I'll take your clothes off slow while I eat my Zagnut. Is his penis as long as the Zagnut or shorter? Because mine's longer. Let's hold it up for comparison. I'll put them both in my mouth, too, for sweetness. Taste test. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, the uncut version is them just standing there comparing uh, erections. Well, they're both naked at one point in this film. Yeah, that's the scene. Yeah. So the dude doing the the, uh, physical is like, uh, he says that you got, he's like, oh, you want to take care of this one? And then uh, Sam walks in and we just see this bare ass fucking gnome standing there with his dick towards Sam. They linger on this stark nude gnome for a ridiculous amount of time. Oh, it's a gratuitous gnome butt. That's what it is. Stan Winston must have thought this was the funniest fucking thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I sculpted that ass perfectly. I went to the trouble of making an anatomically correct gnome. (laughs) We're gonna see it all, goddammit. They asked for a naked gnome and I gave him a naked gnome. (laughs) Why did I do that naked gnome? Stan just takes it home at night and, and looks at it. and Oh, God. You know, the one time he goes to do it and Kaminsky's got it in his bed in his trailer. He's like, oh, whoa, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> shit happens. So, yeah, like I was saying about the HD. How was that HD gnome ass? It was beautiful. It was glistening in the sunlight through the windows. It was supple. It was very toned. I wish I had a nice ass as Norm does. And I'm looking through his legs and I'm like, there is totally something there. It's not explicitly a penis, though, because it's, like, kind of, like, cheated, like, around his thigh, but, like, it's totally something there. I'm beyond tickled they bother to add that. You think they, like, put a dildo on the puppet? And they were like, all right, all right, Sam, come in. I think Stan Winston was was hovering over two very uncomfortable effects artists and was like, model his dick, do it. (laughs) Just like the drawing I drew. Sculpt it. Make this gnome dick, are you fired? It would be kind of funny, actually, if they did just throw a dong on there just to get the actress that played Sam's, like, genuine reaction. Like, that would be pretty good. Holy shit. (laughs) Wait a second. That means there's a Norm puppet with a dong on it somewhere out there. Somewhere out there, yeah. It's somewhere in the Stan Winston estate. I need that puppet. It's probably in some, like, box of luggage like the fucking puppet from Labyrinth was found in. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Hoggle was in, like, a trunk in, like, somebody's closet. And they opened up and he looks like a fucking eldritch horror like his skin is all peeled back and he's got like his cyborg lips poking out oh yeah because all the fucking latex is rotten surprisingly the penis in perfect condition yeah so from there they question him he, they bring him into stan's office to question him well first kaminsky makes this really fucked up joke 
And he goes, oh, yeah, you, you know, you're a freak, man. You're a midget. He's like, I hate midgets. Holy shit, I don't remember that. It's like, fuck, man, this movie, what the hell? The world hates you, Kaminsky, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, again, I get that this was made almost 20 years ago, but like, watching it now, it's just like, ugh, this does not age well. Oh my god. So Stan's like questioning him, questioning Norm, and he's, and he's like pouring out all of his, like, the contents of his like little pouch. He's like, what is all this fucking voodoo bullshit? He's like, what the fuck? I, what'd you see, you little bastard? And he fucking, like, backhands Norm. Yeah. Also, Stan, like, turns his hearing aid thing and, like, screams, and Norm has a realization that it's him. Oh, that's right. It's because he's chewing Gallagher out, and he's like, that's it, Gallagher. I'm shutting you off for shutting you out. He adjusts his hearing aid, and that's when Norm is, like, screaming man, because it makes the high-frequency hiss that, I guess, like, a microphone would make when it has too much feedback. Right. Stan goes to fucking shoot this poor motherfucker, and, like, Sam comes in. Pulls a gun on a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> Sam comes in. She's like, no! And then Norm jumps out the fucking window. Well, no. First, you have, you know, the, the pre-mentioned scene of Kaminsky stripped bear to his ass. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. So Sam comes in, and because she has the results from the gun test and, and wants to get Stan, and is saying to him, like, on the outside of the office, like, hey, um, you know, this isn't making any sense. Like, this is, like, an unmarked gun. Uh, you know, what do you have to say? And Stan's like, all right, you know, uh, you know, get back to me on that. I got something to take care of. And he goes in and Kaminsky's like asleep in the, in Stan's fucking chair at his desk, like nude with just his tie on as Norm's fucking climbing out the window. Yeah. Cause Norm did like the sleepy spell to him. Yeah. And, and then Kaminsky stands up in shock and Sam looks at his dick and is just like, man, Norm's was bigger. I have to say, <laughs> I'm going to go on a date with that gnome. Oh, by the way, we missed, we skipped it. We glossed over the, the, his other magical power, which is just like unlocking doors with the touch of a finger. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's important. I thought that was so cool. I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. I like that. But you know, that's why I call him a rock gnome rogue. He's got all the fucking assets of that. (laughs) (laughs) Increase your speed with Elvenkind pants. His deck stat is off the charts. Well, and this is also the point where Norm just goes full graboid and just starts fucking like tunneling. (laughs) Through the bottom of the police station, tiles are flying all over the place. And like one cop goes, oh, 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 oh. Captain, don't you see that? And he's like, ah, not right now. I'm fucking busy. There's this huge fucking streak of broken tiles on the ground. You're going to tell me you didn't see that? Yeah, it's like a literal land shark. Like, if Jaws was tunneling beneath your floor. Yeah. So he breaks into Casey's cell, and he's like, he's like, come on, we're going this way. Come on, let's get out of here. Sam runs in to see Casey... And he's basically just like, all right, meet me at your car. We're going to go through the floor with Norm. Kaminsky's there. He somehow got his clothes back on in a fucking matter of minutes. He's standing there, and he won't let Sam in initially. And like you were just saying, Joe, her and Norm basically formulate this plan with Casey. I I forget the semantics of it. But she's going to distract Kaminsky so that Norm can get Casey out. Out of the cell, yeah. To me, it looked like she grabbed Kaminsky's dick and was like, hey, meet me outside. She, like, straddles his leg and, like, puts her hand, like, in his fucking, like, coat. And she's like, come in. You know, me and you, we need to get, we're partners now. We need to get intimate. Mmm. What do you say? Right now? Now or never? Come on. Kaminsky's like, oh, yes, finally. Oh, boy, I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he he definitely has that kind of reaction. <laughs> Kaminsky is a fucking incel. She brings him back by, like, the main area where all the cops work, like, where all the desks are, and she's like, all right, wait in this doorway. I'll be right back. I just got to grab something from my car. And he's like, okay, baby, I'll be right here. <laughs> she walks away. She's got to be still within, you know, she could hear this fucking guy. He's like, oh, uh, he's like beating his chest. He's like, 
He's like, yeah. He takes a bite of Zagnut bar and he's like. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing, man? The epilogue is that he died from clogged veins from too much chocolate. One could only hope. Sir, what's in his esophagus? Uh, toasted coconut and Butterfinger inserts. And he has an erection. We can't explain that part. <laughs> <laughs> his two favorite, he was thinking about Sam eating a Zagnut. By the way, all this tunneling that Norma's doing to this police station, uh, I have no doubt in my mind that possibly two days later that entire building collapsed in on itself oh yeah this the foundation of this place is fucked casey finally gets his fucking promotion and then the fucking building falls on his goddamn head that's the post credit sequence he kicks his feet up on the desk and the fucking desk like falls through the floor cue low rider just his, his fucking mangled hand is sticking out of the debris and he gives a thumbs up <laughs> uncle bob you know when every time someone got knocked out, i was thinking about uncle bob in the corner at the fucking hospital <laughs> That's from Terminator 2, when he, John's like, oh, this is my Uncle Bob. And he's like, Uncle Bob? Yeah, Uncle Bob from Terminator, Uncle Bob from Taming the T-Rex. It's all the same character. Thumbs up for everybody. Every movie exists in the same universe. It's the movie dumpster shared universe, man. They're all connected somehow. It's like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, except Six Degrees of John Hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Six Degrees of Frankenstein. I'm sure we could do that. It's one or the other. Oh, my God. I'm sure we could totally do this. I can't think of it right now, but, like, there's got to be a John Hurt, Stan Winston tie-in. Did Winston have anything to do with the alien effects? Not the first one. Oh, okay. He did the second one. I would say, there you go, right there, but never mind. So, they go to the, the, they tunnel down to the parking garage, and I guess they're chasing Stan, who has the lumen in his car. Yeah, because he doesn't, I don't even know if he knows he has that yet. He thinks it's the fucking diamonds, I think. They're basically like, okay, he definitely didn't leave with that briefcase. It would have come up by now. He must be going back to find it. Yeah, because he stashed it. Stan leaves. Norm hitches a ride in the fucking car. And then Casey and Sam are like, oh, God, we got to find Stan. Where would he be? Oh, oh, he needs the money. Where would he put? He, he needs to get it where, where it, you know, there's not a lot of people around. He's like, oh, the park at night. Duh. Let's go back to the merry-go-round. And that's where they go. Stan goes to the park and walks right by Casey Jones and Raphael fighting. He's like, gentlemen. What are you, what are you some kind of punker? <laughs> no, I'm a corrupt cop. Go about your business. A Jose could say go back. <laughs> Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. Gentlemen, keep it down. I'm trying to be discreet. There's a scene of Jerry Orbach driving down the road. And Norm is in the back seat, and he's attacking Stan while he's driving, like, biting at his ear. And I don't know how Stan knocks him out, but he just clubs him in the fucking head. No, he fucking smashes his head against the dashboard. Right, right, right. Again, conveniently knocking him out. This poor Norm has CTE at this point. Is that why he talks like that? (laughs) Maybe. Ain't the brain damage from people slamping his fucking head around? His brain's just mush. Well, Stan brains this fucking puppet and then throws him on the road, and then he backs up and runs him over again, which was actually the thing that kind of ruined his plan in the long run that was like a sad scene dude like when you see that when you see him back up in that poor little sweet little puppet line on the road and that fucking car coming at him, i'm like oh that's awful like, <laughs> and he does that stone-faced cold-hearted fucking killer you don't give a fuck he hates freaks man he doesn't give a shit it's a freak doesn't need a lawyer either so then casey and sam show up at the park and casey's like i gotta do this by myself it's a walk in the park remember when i said that in the beginning of the movie and i fucked everything up here i go i'm about to goof one more time look come on let's goof for old time's sake here we go he goes to the merry-go-go merry-go-round where he got knocked out and of course the briefcase full of cash is underneath it so he's pulling it out well he's like playing the events back in his head and he's like you know where did i get hit and then i did 10 paces this way and then i fell and busted my fucking ass here and he's like there were 92 of them and then picks up some powder and is 
like, I a cane. I bet my life on it. So while he's trying to get this case from underneath the uh, merry-go-round, stands there, and he, like, steps on his hand. He's got his gun that's loaded that he's going to use, but not really. He goes, ah, I didn't know how I was going to get my aging ass down there. Aging ass? He's like 40. What are your knees fucking made of balsam wood at this point? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for getting it out, Gallagher. You're a real fucking pal. Not not to mention he then later, like five minutes from now, jumps off like a two-story building and is fine. <laughs> this man is quite agile for his age. I got to tell you something. This devolves into a fist fight, but I can't remember the transition to it oh he's shooting at casey casey like jumps a wall and then stan goes to like pick up all the money that he dropped and casey like fucking spears him and then it's just like a fist fight and then they somehow like roll off a a wall in next to a bunch of like this place is also a, an abandoned zoo so not only is it like a park it's like an abandoned zoo so there's like cages and shit all over the place yeah they're, they're like fist fighting and grabbing each other and throwing each other around and they end up on top of like this two-story high for the lack of a better way to put that like cage you know probably like a gorilla pen or a lion pen or something like that yeah or like a llama pen or some shit jerry orback throws casey off the side of it and he like lands pretty hard and then that's where jerry orback does his fucking iron man pose and jumps off the side and is like standing there when he jumped off i could i could not help myself but think of vader when he jumps off at luke and empire and goes yeah (laughs) now i'm just picturing that exact scene from this movie but it's fucking empire like that holy shit that's a visual it should be these two guys beat the fuck out of each other oh they beat the piss out of each other jerry orbach he has uh casey cornered in this pen that they just jumped off of they're now inside of it sam shows up she tries to club him but he gets back up and then he has the gun on uh, on Casey, and then Norm, out of nowhere, rocket punches through the fucking ground and just <laughs> blows uh, Jerry Orbach's testicles into nothing. <laughs> he knocked his balls through his eyeballs, okay? Like, that's it, it, the man's never having kids. Gnome punch! Somehow Norm gets the gun, and instead of immediately handing it to Casey, he's like, I'm gonna shoot this guy, and just like, he's like, you die, slug slime, but he's holding it sideways. Yeah, and he fires and misses. And he almost shoots fucking Casey and Sam. Stan gets the gun from Norm and just blasts him in the chest, and then it's... <laughs> he goes flying. This visual is so good. Like, he just ragdolls and does like 18 flips off into the darkness. Yeah. And then Casey jumps on Stan and beats the fuck out of him and, like, knocks him out. He gets him on the ground and starts punching him in a way that, uninterrupted, definitely would have killed this man. Yeah, especially if his head was on the pavement and you were just punching it into the pavement. It's a prone man in what I believe is probably in his 40s, just getting rocked by a younger dude who's in full mount on top of him. (laughs) He might even be older than that. And then Sam stops Gallagher from murdering his ex-boss. Yeah, and then they go check on Norm, and uh, he gives this puppet mouth-to-mouth. He doesn't even check to see if he's alive or dead. He sticks his mouth on his. He just starts going, giving him CPR. And Norm, like, starts, like, coughing. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, magic breath. And they fucking pull the bullet out, and it's, like, completely flat. He's got, like, impenetrable skin, apparently. Like, completely. It looked like a penny that got ran over by a train. So they have all the uh, dirt they need on uh, Stan to put him away. Oh, yeah, because Stan, he tells Casey after he beats him up the first time before Sam comes in. Yeah, he does He does, He does. does what every movie villain does, which is to tell the hero exactly what his plan is right before being caught red hand in the middle of that plan. Yeah, Casey's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to be in Mexico, buddy, at 4 a.m. I don't give a shit. And then I'm going to make a drowning accident. No more Stan. Bye. But all unbeknownst to Stan, uh, Gallagher's been wearing a wire this whole time. Yes. And Sam's like, what'd you get? He's like, I got everything. Casey climbs the tree, and I think it's actually the tree that Norm was in earlier was like a little bit of a callback. 
as the sun comes up. I think that is like the tree that they always go up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gnomes themselves, like, because it's like a perfect, like, eye line with the rising sun. It's like a fucking pyramid lining up with, like, Jupiter. <laughs> what, the, the lumen is the eye of Ra? Yeah, every ten years, like, that sun appears, like, right over that fucking branch, like, that little V in the branch. I mean, that leather jacket he's wearing, you want to go complete the reference, man. I mean, he pretty much looks like fucking Indiana Jones with that getup. He does. I mean, you're wearing a collared shirt and tie with a fucking leather jacket. Why? Does it look like a cop jacket? Huh? With my with my not cop tie and my not cop haircut and my not cop shoes and my not cop swagger. I'm not a cop. Who's a cop? Not me. It's like fucking Wolfer Bilney in the thing. I'm not an alien. <laughs> it wants to be us. I'm okay now. I'm totally not gonna stick my fingers in that guy's face. I eat my beans out of my can. I, I'm I'm all better. Oh, the the noose ignored. It's just a it's a room decoration. You see this tie? You think an alien would wear this tie? <laughs> God, that would be a twist if this movie ended with fucking Gallagher becoming a thing and swallowing Sam. Or they, like, mesh together. I mean, it's an abandoned zoo. They're the only ones there. It's them and Norm. Something is going in some orifice. Norm just gets a big fucking makeout session from Sam while Casey's standing there getting hard. This puppet has, like, a... There's two interchangeable heads here. There's, like, the animatronic face. There's two animatronic faces, but there's one that emotes and talks and opens its mouth. And there's another one that just has, like, kissy face. And... He puckers up and kisses the fuck out of this woman. Casey's standing there, like, grabbing his head, like, whew, this is hot! What if he's got, like, like some kind of gnome disease? What if Casey's, like, some weird exhibitionist? That, too. He's like, all right, interspecies erotic. That's disgusting. I think he's into it, man. He's really into it. He, he likes the idea of Norm getting it on with his lady. He's like, hey, Norm, thanks for firing her up. And tonight, I'll go out with the guys, and we'll have a gnome orgy! And then Norm says his goodbyes, tunnels underground, and I think, what, right before they go to make out again, Norm, like, jumps back up, and he's like, I want to see! <laughs> Norm's like, I'm the ultimate wingman. He's like, what are you waiting for, man? Make a toes curl. Oh, yeah, that's the line. You know, they, they give the thumbs up to each other, and then I can just only assume as it goes to black that they just, they fuck on, on the, over the side of one of these zoo keeps, and, and Norm's just like, yo, Casey, you got it, you got it, man. <laughs> He's clapping and shit. And Casey's like, keep cheering me on, Norm, it's keeping me going. Like, out of his hole, giving thumbs up. He's just got, like, two thumbs up the whole time. Norm pulls out an iPhone, starts taking pictures. He's like, blackmail material. Oh, look, I'm streaming it. I'm gonna show this to Rena later. I'm gonna get Rena hot with some human porn. This is great. But you ever see Bobos this big? Oh, man, we have talked indiscriminately about people having sex in this movie. I mean, it's pretty heavily implied. I don't know. I mean, it's no runestone, you know, it doesn't, it's never shown, like, in the runestone. Well, look, I don't think anything so far has been as palpable and thick as the sexual tension going in the runestone. Like, everybody in that movie wanted to fuck everybody. Yeah, that, that's the basis for that movie. And this movie, Norm just wanted to fuck everybody, so he kind of evens it out. People wanted to fuck Norm, but it was kind of that unspoken thing. <laughs> After they saw that dick, they were like, oh man, I need to get me some gnome meat. I'm, oh god, I'm very confused right now. I'm aroused and confused. So then he gives the big old thumbs up, and then... Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Cue lowrider. And you think that's the end of the fucking movie, but you get a mid post credits, whatever you want to call it, scene. You know, this predated Avengers, for God's sakes. They really knew what they were doing back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> they had it worked out, man. They already knew they cracked the code then. This had a mid credit scene? I didn't see it. Did you just check out as soon as you saw the first name pop up on the credits? As soon as the credits came up, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you missed one of the best parts of the movie, man. Ah, shit. Which was the only reason I brought up that previous scene of Kaminsky being left at the fucking police station just for this payoff. Oh, it was Kaminsky. God damn it. The fucking police station is in shambles, you know, after Norm fucking graboided through the whole fucking thing. 
And then Kaminsky is just standing there eating a fucking Zagnut and this cleaning lady is like comes up to him and the camera like pans down and there's just like 20 fucking Zagnut bar wrappers around this guy's feet. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) And then this cocksucker drops the like as this woman is cleaning it up, he like drops his last Zagnut bar that he just ate like the wrapper. He just drops it right on the floor. He is a walking pile of fucking shit. What a wanker. Yeah. He's a fucking scumbag, dude. Here, clean lady, because that's what we pay you to do. You're a woman that cleans, or whatever. I, I bet he's the kind of trash that just throws all his garbage on the streets as he's driving down the fucking highway, because he's like, I can't make my car a mess. Fuck the earth, it's my garbage can. Oh, for sure. Oh, he's throwing sodas out the window? Here's the kind of fuckbag that Kaminsky is. Kaminsky's the asshole that goes to the movie theater and leaves his soda on the ground. He pisses on toilet seats? Yeah. <laughs> what is this, the asshole song? He does all that thing? He parks in handicapped spaces and both handicapped people make handicapped faces? Yeah, well, because he's a cop, so he's like, I'm a cop, I need this spot. Kaminsky is the worst human being. I'm Kaminsky. So, uh, so where are we putting this boy? I was not crazy about this. I kind of found it to be a little boring. Normally, I'm okay with jokes just swinging and landing on their faces, but this time I was kind of bothered by it. This is kind of towards the bottom of the dumpster. For me, you know what, I I was, after watching it, I was more down on it than I am now after talking through it. And I don't know if that's just like us like bantering back and forth has kind of turned me a little bit on this. I definitely think it is a dumpster movie, um, but I wouldn't go so far as the bottom. I'd say... This fucking dumpster. I don't even know how big this thing is. It changes week to week. But let's say it's like a fucking six-footer. It's a magical dumpster. Yeah, it's in the middle, maybe. It's not crowded by a bunch of trash. It's just like, there's a fucking little hole dug in there that no, the fucking Norm left for you to find. You just gotta look for it. <laughs> he fucking put it there. Yeah, and he spit on it, so good luck with that. Ah, now I definitely don't want it. Um, This is on the shelf for me, guys. Big time. Of course it is. Yep. <laughs> I love this movie. It's great. Uh, you know, you have Stan Winston directing and doing all the effects. Uh, I love Anthony Michael Hall. Again, like, it's one of those things where it's just, I like weird creature movies, and this is one of them. You know, it's not the best comedy in the world, and it's not the best drama in the world, but I do wish that it had a little bit more gnome backstory and, like, actual, like, gnome world to it. But, uh, yeah, this movie's fine with me. I love it. It's inoffensive, but I didn't care for it. That's fair. Although, I was thinking to myself, what the fuck happened to Anthony Michael Hall? And the last thing I remember seeing him in was the Dead Zone TV series. Oh, yeah. I met him at a fucking convention. Really? And nobody was around him. Oh, that's like the fucking Virgil picture from wrestling conventions where nobody's fucking there. Yeah. Guess what I had him sign? What? A gnome named Norm poster. Of course you did. (laughs) Of course I did. Uh, He wrote Girls Ruled guys drool on it i don't know what the fuck that was supposed to mean wow that's weird but uh okay whatever you say he really did have a thing for norm i mean i was kind of joking about that but after that uh little nugget of knowledge maybe i'm not too far off yeah well it was cool because he was like reminiscing about it i thought he was gonna be like ah oh, jesus christ not not another one no not like the time when we went to the fucking mo- car movie convention and i go up to uh, uh who the fuck did i go keith david oh. <laughs> so fucked up and i had a copy of mass effect and i go up to the guy because they're doing this big they live reunion him and uh roddy piper were both at the convention and i was like uh uh, mr david uh, i loved you in mass effect one of my favorite characters commander anderson uh be an honor for you to sign this i'm probably making myself sound better than i did at the time but anyway he looks at me 
fucking blank stare in his face. He is like so offended that I would ask him to sign a video game. And to the point where I was like, uh, that was you in the game, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? He was in all three games. <laughs> he signs it. He takes a picture with me. I'm so like upset about his reaction that um, I just look sad in the picture. And then he gets up and goes, I'm going to go take a cigarette break. <laughs> Real quick. I was there with Sean. Like, I, I'm the one who took that picture. Right before that, there was, like, another guy at the table, and he was, like, chumming it up with him like crazy. And me and Sean are like, I'm, Sean are like oh, he seems like a nice dude, because they're, like, talking back and forth, and they're having a nice time. And then again, like Sean said, like, as soon as he walked up, like, he just fucking... It's like I ruined his fucking day. <laughs> All the happiness, like, drained from his face. And that fucking picture of you and him is hilarious, because it's just Keith David's stone face, and Sean just, like... Uh, like looking awkward like I don't want to be here the next guy walks up and is like I loved you in Coraline and Keith David's like I'm out of here well see ya that's a fucking hysterical story yeah I didn't mean to steal your lightning on that one Joe but it just immediately made me think of that all I was gonna say was that like Anthony Michael Hall was like reminiscing about it fondly you know, talking about Stan Winston and how, working with him and all that stuff. And he, he said he had a really good time. So I, I thought that was nice. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, it probably was a fun movie to make. Stan Winston would be a cool guy just to hang around with for like a few months, just even if he's the director. I mean, you interact with him every day. I wish I could have got to meet him, but rest in peace. So that's it. That's Upworld, a.k.a. A Gnome Name Norm, directed by Stan the Man Winston from 1990. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Giant bobos. <gasps>